Vertical Drinking. I'm Kevin Regan. And I'm Matt Regan. And this is the podcast where we drink beer, we watch movies, and we talk about them. On today's episode, uh, it's episode 23, kind of fitting, seeing as how uh, Mr. LeBron James was just, uh, did his whole primetime selection show special garbage last night. Pick that he went to the Heat. What do you feel about, how do you feel about that? You know, I feel like he could have done it differently. It was a little bit egotistical. Yeah, it was yeah. a little, uh, really hey, was. everyone, look at me. Yeah. Check me out. I'm kick-ass. Apparently, he was raising money for, like, the Boys and Girls Club with it, but I didn't know. Who cares? The scam. Yeah. But uh, this episode, we are doing, We are watching Dumb and Dumber. Uh, no better movie, I think, for yeah. you I mean, and I to watch. We, we both love this one. Love it. Always have. Classic. Um, and then we're doing top five dumb comedies, just because, naturally, Dumb and Dumber... The best dumb comedy. And we'll just say it now. Uh, this is kind of the Dumb and Dumber memorial top five list because uh, it would have been both Matt and my own number one. So we just excluded it uh, because it would have been too obvious a number one. So it's basically just the Dumb and Dumber top five dumb comedies. Um, but let's first jump into our poll question over at the Critical Drinking Blog Spot. Or criticaldrinkingpodcast.blogspot.com. Uh, our poll is, should you know, basically, should we do an audio commentary? It's the same one as, as last week. And uh, the results haven't really changed that much. More people have voted, but it stayed right around the same. Uh, yes. The, there, I guess there are two yes answers. One is, yes, you should, and I would listen. And the other is, yes, you should, but I probably wouldn't listen. Thankfully, that one is getting 0% still. Um, yes, and I'd listen is taking... Full control at 93%, and no, don't bother, is a mere 7%. So it looks like when Ryan gets back, we are uh, going to be doing an audio commentary. And if I can interrupt you here, I oh, actually absolutely. voted in this poll. Yeah? And I was one of the few, if not the only, that, <laughs> that voted no, don't bother, because frankly, I didn't understand the question. Oh. Oh. I, I felt like it wasn't specific enough. I mean, audio commentary, isn't that the show? Yeah, kind of, but what we mean by audio commentary is like, we would watch the movie and record while we watched the movie, so it'd be more okay. of a mystery science theater right. type thing, where... Some more of Ryan's ramblings. <laughs> yeah, more of Ryan's, more of Ryan's, you know, peppering, uh, right, right. peppering funny points, uh, and rants, obviously, curse-laden rants. Okay. Very profane, his rants tend to be. Um, but you know, we would, we would basically do this whole show. We wouldn't break and watch the movie. We would just start the movie uh-huh. and then talk. And so it'd be, a, obviously it'd be a long episode depending on how, how, what movie we decide to do. Right. Um, but the thing about it is what we're, why we're have this poll question up is because, you know, if, if we do a commentary, you have to either sit there, you either have to know the movie well enough to like sit and listen along. Yeah. Hard to watch it. As, yeah, as one. we're doing it. Or you have to sync the podcast with our movie and watch the same movie and then kind of watch along as if you're watching it with the you know the dvd commentary on but it's actually our commentary which would make for a great evening yeah i think so too a little yeah. uh little bottle of key ante yeah huh? sure thing some fiber beans <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah so that poll we're gonna leave that poll up until ryan gets back but it looks like it's pretty lopsided right now so we might transition it to what movie we should do because I think we pretty much have to do a movie everyone's seen, or else what's the point? 
You know, it has to be one of those beloved movies that everyone knows so that if you don't want to watch along, you can pretty much follow along. And when we make a comment about some point in the movie, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. So, like, if we did Empire Strikes Back, you know, I know we already watched that for best sequels. But if we did that as a commentary, pretty much everyone could could kind of follow along with our, you know, our commentary about that. But that, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So, that's our poll. Um, But then we also, this week, had some feedback and it was some exciting feedback. Uh, as you all hopefully know, because you listened to the last episode, uh, Mr. Franklin Allegria was our guest host. And uh, we watched Batman and Robin and discussed our top five franchise killers. Um, one of Franklin's choices was episode one, The Phantom Menace, which... It's a good pick. Not a lot of people argue with. Yeah. Because it's, you know, fans and not fans alike pretty much agree that it's not that great it's just to the degree that you don't like it Uh franklin clearly thought it was a franchise killer he thought it basically took away it it detracted from number two and number three regardless of how good they were much like indiana jones four yeah yeah it's as well and like i said um like like my number five spider-man three i haven't watched the first two spider-mans since Mm -hmm. because spider-man three was so bad i hated it so much um but our feedback was on facebook uh, it was from a uh, you know former and self former guest host and uh, self proclaimed Star Wars nut uh, Maddie C. And I quote: "Quit bagging on Star Wars." Yes, random guest host number twenty two. This means you. He's talking about obviously Franklin. Uh, you have been warned. Clearly, you are both bothered and fascinated by the assumed and seemingly hyped quote crappiness of episode two and episode three, <laughs> despite. That both films are quite good when considered as standalone entries. I don't think Franklin would disagree with that. It's just they detracted. Um, also, The Clone Wars is one of the best shows on TV now, uh. which which I would guess that you don't know because 1983 was the end of the franchise as far as you're concerned. Can't say I blame. Can't say that's an untrue statement. I bet that's probably true for Franklin. <laughs> um, then he goes on and says, stop being a fan. We don't want you. Basically claiming that Star Wars fanboys have spoken. Franklin is yes. kicked out of the club. <laughs> okay. But uh, that was, uh, you know, that's pretty harsh uh, feedback, but I love it. And you know what I would love even more? If Franklin called in and left a voicemail that we could play next episode defending himself. Um, but that was that feedback. I just thought it would be fun to, to uh, explain that. And I know, I know Maddie C. Gets a, lot of, <laughs> gets a lot of crap from us around here. Uh, I think it's pretty much time to put the... Lord of the Rings disc thing to bed because, you know, that was only a one-episode thing. And I think it's also, you know, pretty much a time to just put to rest, you know, all the all the Maddie C. hatred. Uh, so that goes for you, Ryan, listening. Um, Ryan is, by the way, in Chicago today. I believe he's at a White Sox game as we are recording. So he's enjoying his trip across the country. Uh, he'll be back with us soon. But the second piece of feedback was actually more of a suggestion from our buddy Jerron saying, you know, you guys should do something with the Expendables because there are so many mm. awesome actors in there. That's a good idea. You should do like a top five of all their movies. But like of, of the combined. Has Dolph Lundgren even made five movies? <laughs> well, you don't do them individually. Okay. No, I don't think okay. he has. I think he was... Uh, he was in Das Boot, right? Yeah. And I think he made Rocky sure he Four. Was. Sure. Yeah, I think he made Rocky Four and then quit the biz. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he was in. He's kind of like 
Jean-Claude Van Damme, though. I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme made Kickboxer and all those movies, and then Street Fighter. JCVD. JCVD. Great movie. Yeah. But what, I actually haven't seen that. It's I, real, I, one, I, of the, one of the best really? opening scenes in a movie that I've ever seen. Wow. Wow. That's big talk, but I'm it's gonna, true. I'm going to definitely have to see it now. It's, it's awesome. Okay. There you go. Um, but yeah, so he was basically saying, you know, with the Expendables, you should do some sort of top five for the Expendables. And so I was thinking that we could do this one of two ways. We could either do, we could, we could keep it to a top five where it'd be like, I don't know, top five best action characters among all the characters that they have played. So you could have Rocky in there, you could have Rambo in there, you could have Ivan Drago in there, Mm -hmm. you could have the Transporter in there, you can have Jet Li's The One in there, you could have all those people. Um, You could even have, you know, John McClane in there, because Bruce Willis is in the movie. Um, You could have the Terminator in there, you could have Kindergarten Cop in there, you could have all those guys. Isn't that a a cameo, though? (laughs) What? Arnold's. Arnold's Arnold's role. Yeah, well, I I think so. I mean, basically, he's, he's more or less, like... Because I think I've read the synopsis of like who they are, uh-huh. and I think he doesn't play like one of the one of the CIA guys. Okay. But uh, but still, he's in it, so you can include him. Um, so you can either do that, something like that, or like you know, top five best, biggest badasses of the in the Expendables, or you could do like an all-out tournament where you just take like two of their characters each. So maybe for Jason Statham, it would be. I don't know, I'd say the Transporter and then probably the guy from Crank Yeah, would be the two that he would be. I'd say Rambo and Rocky for Stallone. Clearly. You know, no no hating on the cliffhanger, but I'm just saying, you know, he's, he's, he's no, uh, he was, he's no he Rambo. He was pretty ripped he's, in that. He one, was, though. really. <laughs> he was roided out. Uh, you could do John McClane and John McClane for Bruce Willis. <laughs> I don't know about what other badass you would want. I mean, take a pick of it, all the movies he's done. The guy from the whole nine yards yeah um you know but something like that where you pit you pit those guys together in like a tournament like bracket style and then i don't know whether it would be like a poll or whether it would be just us deciding like who the winner is and then finding an ultimate winner of those characters i think that would be a lot of fun so we might end up doing that i ran that by ryan he liked it um the movie comes out august 13th so we'd have to squeeze it in be uh between the time ryan gets back and that time so we'd probably do, like, if we did a bracket, we'd do, like, around an episode or something like that. But I think that would be fun. So, well done, Jerron. Good uh, good suggestion. Definitely. Yeah. But now it is time to get into our drink predictions. So, we are watching Dumb and Dumber. I believe it's, like, hour 55 or something like that. Well, actually, six extra minutes of features because I have the unrated version. So it might be two hours and one minute. Right. Um, but what do you think? I think I'll do... That counts as one. So, six. Six, including this one. one. Okay. And then, we were talking about champagne. <laughs> just because... Six during two hours and... Why not? Some champagne. So, let's add a glass of champagne to that as well. So, six and a glass of champagne. So, that's every 20 minutes, plus peppering in a glass of champagne in there. That's bold, sir. That's not a thing. That's... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I will go for four in a glass of champagne. I think one every half hour plus a glass of champagne, but I'm going to make one of my Keystone Lights a dead guy because I'm feeling a little dead guy okay. tonight. So four and one, Matt's got six and one. So, uh, let's go do this dance. 
We'll be back. Woo! Welcome back to Critical Drinking. It is the Regan Brothers back at you. We're back. Me and my brother Matt. Um, we just watched Dumb and Dumber, one of our favorite movies. Um, might be if you if you took the favoritism of all movies, you know you you lined them up one through a billion with me and my brother, you would probably find the highest score being Dumb and Dumber between them. We both love it so much. Um, we watched that, but before we start, let's get into predictions. Uh, Matt, you predicted six beers and one glass of champagne. Explain your results. I met the result. Mm-hmm. First off, hit six it. He had all six beers and hit and a nice full glass of champagne. It was it was really full at the end there before yeah, the really credits. Fun. That's for you, Ryan. Yep, that's yeah, Ryan. You remember how many times you've uh, you finished in the credits? I think it's four. Uh. But Matt has done it zero times. And Kevin? Uh, I said four and one glass of champagne. And I only did four and one glass of champagne. I was trying to go for five because when I said earlier, you know, I'd like to do one every half hour. Um, I guess if you add the champagne as a beer, I did that. But uh, I met. So I met, but, you know, I'm not too happy about it. So maybe I'll make up for it in, in this, you know. This, this section of the podcast. Right on. Um, so now we're going to get into our review, which isn't going to be much of a review, because I think you guys have already got the sense of our review. We both love it. So we're just going to kind of... Yeah, it's a little biased. We're going to start talking about it. Okay. Let's say that. We're going to start talking about it. So uh, I would first like to make... Uh, I'd like to make the first point, because it comes first chronologically in the movie. Fair enough. I do not like the way they did the credits. The opening credits of this That movie. was first on my list. Do you really have that? I love that. You love it. Yeah, you love the way that, they did. Like they misspelled stuff. That and, immediately introduces you to the movie and what it's all about. Yeah, but I don't think it's that. I mean, dumb for, for its time, though. I mean, who else did that? It's pretty original, you know. Actually, yeah, milk like actually modifying the credits I to mean, be what the movie. They really, is, yeah. they really. These brothers, the Fairley brothers, Fairley brothers, who directed it. Yep. I mean, they really were visionaries. I, I, I agree. In that respect. Yes. I would. I would love to know if they have. You know who else did they, that type of thing? They were serious. Uh, they were serious. I don't. What do I say? Storytellers, like in the in the way that they craft a movie, and it almost seems like whatever genre they do, they mostly do comedy. But whatever like style or whatever, because I guess the focus on this movie was that these were two dumb guys. Right. Let's make them funny. Yeah. Uh, like say stuck on you that was they are you know conjoined twins let's make that funny yeah and they kind of cater the jokes to it and that's kind of dumb because they're yeah. conjoined right but but though, they they yeah. kind of they cater it to that section of humor right really well i think and that's i mean yeah it's a good point but i just i mean i guess i give this that's fair i mean i guess i give this movie more credit than yeah. that to where yeah. they have to go in and say uh, starring as, and they, you know, put like S-T-A-R-Y-N-G yeah. or something like that. Like they misspell it. Just, it starts you off on a foot where you're like, these guys are so dumb. But even then, I mean, how and many people, are. how they're many really people are. that have seen this movie have noticed really that. noticed yeah, that? Exactly. True. I mean, 
one of the subtleties, which we'll get it into is. later. Oh, well, very much so. Of the movie. That, yeah. I mean, that's just one of the many yeah. su- subtleties. I'm just saying I didn't like that shtick because I appreciate it for the rest, the, <laughs> the rest of the shtick. Um, email, sorry. Um, but, you know. That was my that was my initial complaint. I've never liked the way they've done those credits, right. and mean, especially and I guess half the reason why it's like that is because of the sequel or the prequel, Dumb and Dumber Er. Yeah, which is horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. I own it. I laugh at it when I watch it, only because I love it so much. But, but it's he so knows bad. it's horrible. God, it's so bad. But that is a movie that plays to the level of let's misspell credits. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this seems like because I have always said. That it takes very smart people to make funny, dumb comedies. And it does. These, and these, I think uh, that was it. And I think it. I think that the dumb comedies that are made by dumb people turn up like Dumb and Dumber-er. Mm-hmm. Where they're just not funny. And so this, I give more credit wasn't because... That, wasn't that Bob Saget, though? Bob Saget was in it. Oh, yeah. He was in Oh, he was in it. He, was he didn't direct it, it, though. He didn't he direct said, it. He was the one that uttered the words, There's shit everywhere. Okay. Right. I thought, <laughs> it's on the walls. <laughs> right. It's on the ceiling. <laughs> There's shit everywhere. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. Do you... Yeah, let's just go let's off go, that. Yeah. I mean, in the in the credits, I mean, if you're looking at the credits, you see that Todd Rundgren did the music for the, for yeah. the, for the movie. A very popular 70s artist. You know, he has a great, great album, Something, Anything. I think it was released in 1972. There you go. And just the music, I think, really fits the silliness of the yeah. film. Yeah. If you will. I mean... I mean, every scene is just perfect. The music is great. You know, I think whether, so too. whether it be the Nick Cave scene, mm-hmm. you know, where Jim Carrey's wearing the cowboy hat with right. the little old lady, the or it's, or it's the crash hand. test dummies. Yep. You know, with the. Mm, Regardless of mm, what you say about mm, those songs, I mean, individually, they play yeah, very well with this movie. They do. I think and so I mean, he also just scores it. You know, there's, there's yeah. definitely original pieces in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. And I think they just really benefit the silliness of the movie very well. I agree. One of the things, we are, uh, you know, we don't plan this ahead of time, but you have obviously heard this because you're listening to the podcast. Uh, we have incorporated the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack yes, as sir. our bumper music. So, you're, the intro that you heard in the little, while we watched the movie uh, medley that you heard was definitely uh, on the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack, and so will our future songs. But, along with that music, um, that music theme, and, and the way that... I've said that dumb, or that, that very smart people make funny, dumb comedies. Um, the same, along that music line, is when they're in the diner. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in the diner, the, excuse me, flow? Yeah. And the, what's the suit du jour? You know, those famous lines. Um, those, I think that one of the... It's a subtleties, uh, right? It's a subtleties. And one of the subtleties. back to yeah. the subtleties. And of one the of the movie. subtleties yeah. is that right when they intro that scene, it's... Lloyd telling Harry they're looking through the little tabletop jukebox and he goes, Oh, look, they have the monkeys. Yeah. They were a major influence on the Beatles. Right. And just they, they don't react to that. There's no that's it. It's a one line joke, but it's not like a, there's no punchline because it's not like a, a one liner. Yeah. They don't it's, it's they an, don't need the punchline. Exactly. Line. It's an that, it's that an, line proves that right. they are dumb. Right. It proves that they're dumb, but it's also written so well. That it's a smart joke said by some by a dumb character, because you don't expect the you know the dumb character to know who influenced who 
regardless of if it was the monkeys influencing in, influencing influencing the Beatles. Correct. Regardless yes. of that, you don't understand that, but the fact that you know it switches up and that's totally. I think the writing is so good in this. It is. I it give truly it so is. Credit. It truly is. I give it so much credit. So much credit that I would like to, uh, if we could, play a medley of clips. Let's do it. Just to explain how 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 well written and how how spot on how intelligently dumb this movie is. Yeah. These, yeah. I mean, it really. This is a smart man's dumb comedy. Yes, I agree. Um, so here's the first part. You definitely, if you've seen this movie, uh, you will recognize this clip. So good. How do you, how do you write a better scene than that? Saying, proving how dumb someone is. Saying, I bet you something, and then they say, Oh, I don't bet. And you say, I bet you I can get you gambling by the end of the day. And then when they get them gambling, they don't realize it, and they say, I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Somehow I'm gonna get you. So well done. Uh, next scene. First time I set eyes on Mary Swanson, I just got that old-fashioned romantic feeling. I'd do anything to bone her. That's a special feeling, Lloyd. <laughs> uh, the special feeling. The old-fashioned romantic feeling. Where you do anything to bone her. Great. Uh, next. That's not something a dumb person would respond to that. Pull over, they'd go, oh shit, the cops. We're going to pull over. It's so dumb and so well written that he says, no, it's a cardigan. <laughs> as if he's, as if he's you know, talking about his jacket. Oh, hilarious. Next. So you get fired again, huh? Oh, yeah. They always freak out when you leave the scene of an accident, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Playing it off like, oh, no big deal. What? Wait. They always freak out when you leave the scene of an accident as if he doesn't know the repercussions of that. Next. Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? How'd you guess? I saw your luggage. And when I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. What may be the best written line in the movie... I agree. ...is this one. I agree. What you just heard. Yes. What do you think, Kevin? I think... <laughs> I mean, right there. Well, yeah. I got a lot. Yeah. So, why are you going to the airport? <laughs> Flying somewhere? As if there's Completely serious. Yeah. Completely serious. serious. trying to make conversation, like, all smooth. Trying to make conversation. You're flying somewhere? Huh? Yeah. I'd be like, you know, saying, oh, why why you at the mall? You shopping for something? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh, and then the way, the way that she kind of, you can tell she understands how dumb of a yeah. saying that. And she goes, how'd you guess? Really sarcastic. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, well, I saw your luggage. <laughs> and then I once, I noticed the airline, once I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. <laughs> it's like he, he explains why he is so smart about real, you know, about just obs- obs- so observant, realizing that she's go to the airport to fly somewhere and all these things. So great. Next scene. You know, Lloyd, 
just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. You go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> That's more a great line because of how great a scene it is. Because he trades the van in for a tiny little scooter and convinces Lloyd that because it gets better gas mileage, they're going to be able to take that over the Rockies to Aspen. When clearly they find out that it's a little too cold for a uh, moped. A little snuffly. Yeah. Uh, Those Rockies. That's right. Next one. Uh, What's the soup du jour? It's the soup of the day. Mm, That sounds good. I'll have that. This is one of the most misquoted lines, in my opinion. People say, oh, what's the soup of the day? It's the soup du jour. Mm, I'll have that. No, that's not the right line. That's not even funny, that line. Uh, The soup du jour means soup of the day. That's why it's funny. So when he asks that, he goes, or she says, it's the soup of the day. (laughs) As if that's a response like, hey, it's a uh, clam chowder. It's a soup. Yeah, that's the soup of the day. The soup du jour is obviously a soup "Mm, in Lloyd's mind. That sounds good. I'll have that. And then Harry kind of nods like, oh, yeah, good choice. Um, next. Hey, I called her up. She gave me a bunch of crap about me not listening to her enough or something. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. So good. You know, what's to explain about that? I mean, that again. She, he, he doesn't understand how dysfunctional his relationship was, but he explains it without even knowing. I know. I keep bringing up this word subtle just because I feel like that really explains it a lot does. of the humor in the movie. Yep. And that really, I mean, just the way that's delivered, the line even. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. I wasn't really paying yeah, attention. Yeah, the acting, but, uh, the acting, the delivery is just so you yeah. know calm, plain. So good, so good. It yeah. just lends itself more to the the humor. Very much does. Last one. No way. And that was a totally ad libbed line by Jim Carrey, which I have a feeling there weren't very few of in this movie. I have a feeling there were a lot of ad lib lines, but this one. He totally ad-libbed that. That was an actual poster on the wall of the set or the bar or whatever they were in. And he actually he just ad-libbed that. And then they, I'm sure they went back and shot it so that it, you know, looked like it was intended. But very, like, just so, so perfect. Genius. Yeah. Comedic so perfect. genius. He captures his own character so well. It's, you know, didn't, doesn't realize we landed on the moon. Sees a news story. Doesn't realize it's from, you know... Oh years ago and just says oh my god and takes it for (laughs) new news that's great um but i mean subtlety subtle humor that all leads to one of my points which is this movie is so much better on second third fourth hundredth viewing it really it just gets better it's like a fine wine it gets better with age it really does i have more and more respect for this movie the more i watch it those who laugh at that Please watch this movie again, uh, and then watch it again, and then watch it again, and then watch it with me and Matt, so we can recite every line to you, <laughs> and tell you why it's funny, and then yell at you for not laughing. Do that. I mean, yeah, like you were saying, even even I, who have, I've seen this movie at least, you know, 25 plus times. Oh, yeah. I mean, I even, you know, picked up a new line. Yeah. You know, yeah. Noticed, oh, yeah. noticed something new about yeah. the dialogue, yeah. the writing, you know, it's just... Incredible. It is. There's the yeah. right. And it is, I think, I think most of the movie, I mean, I'll, okay, I'll say this. The writing is great, but 
Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels pull it off so well that they can honestly write whatever they want and these guys will deliver it. Like, they weren't limited to the actors, you know, to what the actors could do Definitely as far not. as pulling off a joke or pulling off a scene or anything like that. If they wrote it, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels could do it. And Jeff Daniels was actually cast in this movie not being a comedic actor. Right. And and he he wasn't he wasn't uh, he went into audition I believe, and they already knew Jim Carrey was going to be the lead, and they were trying to find uh, someone that could hold their own against Jim a Carrey. Kick. Yeah, sorry. exactly. They didn't expect Jeff Daniels to be that guy, and then when they brought him on the movie, he even exceeded their expectations of how well he could he could hold his own against Jim Carrey because Jim Carrey had made Ace Ventura at this point and had made The Mask at this point and was in, li- in Living Color and was actually on the rise as far as a comedian. Like, he was he was sought after. Yeah, he definitely owned his skills. And so, Jeff Daniels being able to come in and hold his own against this guy who was, you know, kind of out of this world in, in that time as far as comedy. Like, he was just blowing comedy away because of how well he could physically act, how well he could actually act, all yeah. this kind of stuff. And the fact that Jeff Daniels could hold his own and then also, in a lot of scenes, actually steal the scene, steal the scene was super impressive. Because I, I watched the behind the scenes on this. Obviously, I would have. Of course. Because I've, I've only seen it like 50 times. Undoubtedly. Right. Um, but he, he basically, I mean, they basically said they were very worried that if they, like, they weren't going to be able to cast a sidekick for Jim Carrey, he was going to steal the movie and it wasn't going to be as good. But... Jeff Daniels' performance really does cement him as the side, not only the sidekick, but the co-star. Right. And, you know, he, they are a dynamic duo. They're not Jim Carrey and his little buddy, you know, little buddy Harry Dunn. Yeah. Or I guess, you know, Lloyd Christmas and his little buddy Harry Dunn. But uh, it was really impressive. And so I guess the entire point of that is to commend Jeff Daniels yeah. on how well he did. Yeah, I mean, another thing that we were talking about just uh, watching the movie is just, you know, how great his laugh is. Just something, oh, yeah. Just his, something that simple. His laugh is awesome. You know, can just, you know, outdo everything else in the scene. You oh, know? yeah. It can just stand out. It's impressive. And he really, he really did just master his laugh. Yeah. You know, which is acting. It's not yeah. an actual laugh. He did. You know, it, I mean, that is something that you actually have to... Yeah. Build up. And Agreed. Do. Agreed. I mean, that's just great. You got any other points there? Some. I, you probably got a bunch. I've got points. Yeah, I mean, just, just to, again, I mean, really just uh, rewatching this movie just for the, you know, whatever. Whatever Whatever you want to say. Time, yeah. I mean, I just really noticed the subtleties in this film. Like I said, I mean, just for example, just when uh, Lloyd says, you know, Aspen, where the woman flocked like the salmon of Capistrano. I mean, that right there, that might fly, fly over somebody's head. Yep. You know, salmon of Capistrano. You know, Capistrano, not known for their salmon. They're known <laughs> right. for their sparrows. They're birds. I mean, that right there is... So well done, though. It's well done. Because That's, it's a highbrow reference. It is highbrow reference. from a lowbrow character. Exactly. I mean, exactly. and that is, that is genius. Yes. You know, that is great. Another thing is, uh, I think Harry, it might be Harry or Lloyd, I don't know, they're in the, they're in the, the shagging, the shagging wagon, the shagging wagon, yeah. and uh, I think Harry it is that says, you drove almost a, a sixth of the way across the country, 
Yeah. And it turns out they're in the Midwest. Right, yeah. You know, they're in Nebraska. They're not... On their way to... They're not one Colorado. They're not one six. Yeah, they're they're a good half. They're a good half. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that right there, that just... Every other time I've seen this movie, flew over my head. Yeah. You know, watching it again, I got it. Yeah. Subtleties. Yeah. It's great. They definitely are subtleties. Um, Which kind of... And I'll say, because we've both seen this so many times... We disregard the story. But one thing I'll say about this movie is they, as little time as they spend on the story, which thankfully they don't spend time on the story, it is it is very subtle also. Yeah. Like the story where the whole kidnapping story, they have deleted scenes where they're trying to build up the story of the kidnapping. Uh-huh. They, they throw them out. Yeah. For good reason. Um, the investigation of the kidnapping... They have maybe two or three scenes that are no more than 20 seconds long, which, thank God, because that story is boring. You, When you watch this movie for the first time, you might pick up that, oh, it's a really bad chase movie. Like, it's a really bad detective movie where there's a kidnapping, and they're trying to solve it, and these two idiots are just caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. You might think it's that. But the more you watch it, the more you disregard those and realize that they, that's probably not what they were even intending on doing. They had to have a loose narrative mm-hmm. just to keep the story like rolling, but it was almost a road trip movie. It's a great road movie. I was it's, just going to say that. It's a road trip movie more than it's a a investigation or a kidnap or a, you know, like a, a cop drama it's, or anything. It's, you know, it's the first 3 quarters of Easy Rider if it were a comedy. You know. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It I there you go. Good. Well said. Well said. Cheers to that. Indeed. Cheers. Cheers to that. R.I.P. Dennis Hopper. That's the truth. Dennis Hopper changed Hollywood with Easy Rider. He really did. He did. Great supporting roles. Yeah. Keep going. All right. That's the, I, my points are done. I only have three. Okay. Yeah, I've got some more here. Page two. Page, Page two. Page two. Yeah. I mean, I'll talk about... Uh, let's see. What can I talk about here? You can talk about the uh, shit scene. The shit scene. Yeah. Well, well, let's That's just say great. that we don't even that have to. Good. We don't have to talk about those. No, that is what a good we can one. talk about is that Matt and I, without having, we've maybe seen this movie together once before, maybe if that even. But the fact that Matt and I were so like on the same page we really throughout were. the whole movie, like good okay, one. so so when Harry is I'll on the toilet, yeah. I'll explain. Okay. okay, so during the uh, the bathroom scene where uh, what's his name, Seabass. Seabass, yeah. Seabass is, uh, you know, he wrote the thing on the wall. 2.15 it was, right? Yeah. It was 2.15, you know, meet here for blah, blah, blah. And Jim Carrey is in the stall of the bathroom. Right. And then, you know, when Jim Carrey is in the stall, when Lloyd is in the stall. Yeah. He hears Seabass walk in the door. And immediately when Seabass walks in the door, there is Psycho music. Yep. From the movie Psycho. By Hitchcock. Yep. You know? And then, after that, the Fairley Brothers, they, uh, I don't know if this was the Fairley Brothers or if it was Todd Rundgren, whoever it was. True. Right after that, there is, uh, the Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz. There's, there's a scene, yeah. Music. Where, where Harry's on the toilet, taking a dump. Yeah. And he's stuck there because Lloyd, obviously, put a whole bunch of laxative in his, in his drink. Yeah. And so he's stuck on the toilet, and then Lloyd kind of steals... The girl, Mary, away to go wow. drive him to... I just, I just totally uh, talked about the wrong scene. 
What were you talking about? Yeah, you did. I but, really did. But what you're talking about is true. Yeah, that's critical drinking for you. Yeah, that's critical drinking. <laughs> it's a good point. But when it, it kind of hyper, or it kind of it kind of juxtaposes Harry's face on Lloyd's face, and when Lloyd is taking Mary away on his uh, yeah. moped, yeah, he's, okay. he's cackling, and then there's the Wizard of Oz music. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for the misunderstanding. No, you were, you were right the whole time. You just weren't talking about what you were... Not the right scene. Right. But <laughs> Not the right scene. Next thing you were talking about was... What was it? Was when Harry is taking that shit when Lloyd laxidizes him yeah. or whatever. And Harry's on the... Harry's on the toilet. Harry's on the toilet. And uh, he's he's basically like off his shoes, his feet are <laughs> yeah. off the ground. He's shitting so hard. Yeah. And I turn to Matt and I go, those are great boots. Next, and Matt- <laughs> next thing I said is, Kevin, I was just about that to say that same yeah. thing to you. I yeah. mean, really. So, and who notices that? <laughs> when he's saying the shit, there are these fart sounds. It's supposed to be a, a giant fart joke. A giant, you know, oh my god, you can hear his nasty shit. Let's laugh at that. And then I just say, those are some killer boots. And Matt goes, I was just about to say that. So we were on, and it was like that the whole movie. Really? I mean, yeah. We're just, I want those we're, boots. We're too connected. I want those boots. I do too. Those are I awesome. I too. I wasn't lying when I said you I wanted them. You know, knee length. Really knee length. Yeah. Cool. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so do you have any more points? I feel like I have some more points that I wanted to point out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fun. Page three? Page one? I have, uh, page two? No, I think we're going back to page one here. Page one. I definitely have questions, you know, just things that I still do not understand yeah. about this movie. Ooh. Like, we were, okay. talk- we were okay. talking about the chairlift mm-hmm. and everything. Okay, the prop that they use for Harry's tongue. For his tongue, yeah. I mean, what is that made out of? It's, that's, I mean, that's that gotta is, be an expensive that's, prop. That's definitely a prop. that's a well done prop. That's definitely though. a prop, but what is it? It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's something that's... Uh, more elastic than the human tongue, but not like gummy. Because when they it stretch it, gummy. it yeah, looks gummy. It looks gummy, but it actually looks like a tongue. And when you pull it, like when they're stretching it, it's like a plastic almost because you can see through it. But almost like I would almost assume that if you stretched a tongue six inches, yeah, you would see a little light through it because it would be stretched <laughs> so thin. Yeah. So thin. So it was a good prop. It was. I think that was a. Like, it had to be one of those prop house or, like, you know, prop studio developed props. Because it was actually really good. Yeah. Okay. Or they found something that looked just like a tongue. You know, I don't know if you guys do this, but, you know, just... I was definitely thinking about questions about the movies. I wish just, we did. We well, should. Okay, we should. yeah. This is a and good... I have, I have another question here. Yeah. You, you may be able to answer this very uh, fastly. But uh, I think it is Harry that says, uh, when he's talking... They're in the, uh, you know, the... The heart-shaped uh, hot tub at hot the tub. hotel. Yes. Okay, at the, like, Which the lover's in the hotel. unrated version is an extended scene. Exactly. Yep. And Harry says to the girl that he's talking about that... Uh, Freda Felcher. Yeah, that Lloyd actually hooked up with, right. as we find out. Harry says, she sent me a John Deere letter. Yeah. What is that, exactly? It's 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 the, the tweaking of a Dear John letter. Okay. Where, which is basically... So that just adds again. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So Another, John... John okay. Deere is, you know, obviously hilarious. It wouldn't be hilarious unless there was a John Deere right. tractor company. Okay. Because it's Deere John. It's a Deere John letter. But the John Deere just, and he totally is like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, Lloyd's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that whole scene makes me laugh so much. <laughs> and, the ex- I mean, the extended, not so much. But just the way that it's so perfect. They're, they're cuddled up in a heart tub. <laughs> and yeah. they're talking about... You know, past loves, 
And then there's this Freda Felcher comment that kind of gets glossed over. And then in Dumb and Dumber-er, mm-hmm. they bring it back at the very end, which I think is totally dumb because it's literally the very end of that prequel. They they kind of touch on that plot point. However, that is that is one of, if not the only plot point that actually makes it over that that brings it back okay. that they talk about their past that's one of the only ones that they talk about their past in yeah. and so that should have been like a big storyline like oh hey or at least like a 10 minute you know clip where hey harry is getting kind of close to this uh Fred of felcher and then yeah. lloyd just swoops in and boom 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 <laughs> and then realizes oh shit that was harry's girl and uh you know that's where it ties into the first one but you know like we've said dumb and dumber are Bad movie. Not that great. Just yeah, just bad. Any other points? Uh, I think I'm good for now. What about you? you? For now, yeah, no, I'm good. Um, okay. So sh- let's move on to ratings. Alrighty. Uh, give give the rating that we both give this movie. Okay. If we're going number ratings, this is a ten. Yeah. If we're going letter ratings, this is an A plus plus plus. Yeah. I uh, I've I I don't know how many of you were uh, readers of Kevin's bloggeria at kevinregan.blogspot. I was. I actually listed my top ten favorite movies. Movies on there were that's bold. Movies on there were The Godfather, Empire Strikes Back, Indiana Jones, Royal Tenenbaums. All on that list. You know what topped the list? Love them. You know what topped the list? This one, Dumb and Dumber, topped the list for good reason. And I, I, I've recently said that I've never met a 10 because Indiana, because I, I think I rated Empire Strikes Back as a 9.5 and said I never met a 10. Yeah. I think I might have to stick with that and rate Dumb and Dumber a 9.5. So you haven't found the perfect exactly. movie. I don't think I have. Perfect film. I don't think I have. The closest I think I I've have. come to I a perfect have. movie is The Godfather and The Godfather 2 as one movie. Yeah. That's the most perfect that I've... But Wonderful. But I don't know if that's even a 10 because they're two movies. They're very good together. They are very good separately. I know. Just not sure they're... You, you know? You've got... I mean, really, in the first one... Yeah. Brando Pacino. Totally. Second yes. one, De Niro Pacino. You know? Yep. Very... It's very good. Um... I'm going to have to uh, be the first one to do this. Okay. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Yeah! Big gulps. Woo! That's what we take on Critical Drinking. Big gulps of beer. Uh, that was weak. But that's our that's our little power-up for this episode. It's a Dumb and Dumber power-up. If you guys have ever seen Dumb and Dumber, you, or have ever heard anyone quote Dumb and Dumber, you've likely heard the big gulps line. Do, uh, do we miss Ryan? Is that what it sounded like? We might miss Ryan. Do we miss Ryan? I might miss and Ryan. And his comedic... I might miss comedic Ryan. Comedic ramblings? I'm, I very much miss Ryan's comedic ramblings. Ryan, However, Ryan... Ryan, Ryan has... Has... Has uh, contributed to this episode already. Has he? In the top five. He has a few top five editions. Really? He does. Okay. He, he, I texted him my top five. I told him, what do you think? He said, great. Here is... A few that you didn't list that I don't think Matt also listed that I want to put in there. We'll see about that. As top, as top five dumb we'll comments. See. Um, Ryan, I miss you. I love you. I hope, I hope you're having fun out there you. with those ghosts. I love you. In Chicago. He's actually... I don't think they're going to uh, as many 
as they were intending because... I don't think the viewers know what he's doing the trip. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, I think they have. Do they? He was... He's, Let's he's, refresh. He was uh, meeting his friend, Jeff, in Connecticut, where he went to school, and they were they were driving back across the country. And basically what they were going to do is they were going to make a whole road trip out of it where they, you know, see all these haunted places and everything like that. And I think what they've done now is because some of the areas have, I, th- I think what he told me is some of the areas have actually, they're, they're not going to be open for whatever reason, that they're augmenting that from a like haunted tour of the, of the country to just let's, let's hit the awesome cities and let's go to baseball games and everything like that. I know he's been in, he was in uh, Pennsylvania, I believe in Pittsburgh or in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm not sure which, um, but then he was in Cleveland for a while. He saw an Indians game. He's in Chicago right now. He's seeing, I think he's actually right now at a White Sox game, or he just got back from a White Sox game. Um, and then he's going to be headed home in the in this next week. I think they're going to make it home by the end of this week. So depending on when they get home and how he feels, you might see him next week, or you might hear him next week. Um, but they're going to be coming home. I think they're going to go, you know, kind of, go straight over instead of zigzagging like they were planning on doing. But I'm not sure. Um, maybe he can call and leave a voicemail and, and uh, Hope he does. Explain, explain, his, uh, explain his travels and maybe his intentions for the rest of his travels. Um, but yeah, so I, I give it a 9.5 only because my scale has only gotten up to 9.5 right now. But it is one of, it is my favorite comedy of all time, if not my favorite movie of all time right. still. Because I just can't get enough of this. So movie. wait, just before I I give my official official, where do you rank it with uh, the Royal Tenenbaums? God, the, the Royal Tenenbaums very, is so very good. different. Very different. I understand the Royal Tenenbaums. I'm going to give the Royal Tenenbaums a 9.5 also, but for totally different reasons. Right. Because I think it's a totally different comedy. It's an intelligent comedy. It's also very subtle in its humor, but they're like almost the opposite humor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I I. I can watch Royal Tenenbaums just as many times as I can watch Dumb and Dumber. And again, great use of music. Maybe even better use Maybe, of music. Yep. Wes Anderson yeah, is, definitely. A, is mean, a connoisseur yeah. of music. But for this... Especially 70s music. For Dumb and Dumber, I mean, really. To fit the dumbness, to, the no, stupidness to, exactly. of the movie. Oh, easy. Crash Test Dummies. Who actually <laughs> considers them... I a think serious. their their song. One of their songs in here is called mm, 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 mm. Yeah. I think that's on like a bunch of people's lists for one of the worst songs ever written exactly. or made. It has or anything. it has no memorable yeah. lyrics, mm-hmm. and even even then the lyrics are mm-hmm. not understandable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you'll probably hear it. Actually, we'll probably use it as bumper music. All right, so Hello. I'll give I'll give my rating here, my yeah, official rating. Give I think I already rating. did it already. I said it was a a ten, an A yeah, plus. Yeah, you did. You did. And I I stand by that really, just because you know I'm not like I mean I give movies tens even if they're not necessarily the best, right? Right. You know, but if I like them enough, I'll give them the ten because there definitely has to be you know. The peak. That's true. The pinnacle. That's true. Something that you have to measure other movies by. I agree. And I think for dumb comedies, comedies in general, Dumb and Dumber is one of the best. Yep. So I definitely give it a 10, you know. We both agree. In my conclusions, I, I really still, you know, even to this day, feel that Jim Carrey is a comedic genius. Yep. Probably one of the funniest 
people of our generation. More so, more so than Ben Stiller. More so, more so than Will Ferrell. Yeah, I mean, Will Ferrell's not as 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 uh, physically yeah talented as Jim Carrey is with physical comedy, whether it be facial features or movements or anything like that. I, just, I think Jim Carrey is a total comedy package. Yeah, I think I, he's the think be- so. he's the best of our generation. He really hurt us when he went and did Dick and Jane and Truman Show. <laughs> Truman was, Show, hey, Truman Show is good. Truman though. Show's good, but it was different. That was Eternal the, Sunshine. That he was really. Good. Hey, that no, was good. they were both good, but that sucks that they were good because that means he's just going to do more serious movies. He hasn't though. No, he hasn't. But he hasn't done any. Those funny are his only serious movies. He hasn't done any funny movies lately. I know. We'll see. He needs to get back now that he's not with Jane McCarthy. Thank God. Let's Get him go. back in the comedy saddle, Jim. Let's go, Jim. I'm going to write you Jim. a screenplay. I'm going to write you a screenplay. You're going to star in it, and Martin Scorsese is going to direct it. You hear that, Martin? I know you're listening. You're going to direct it. Martin's definitely listening. All right. Um, let's move on to what we watched. And uh, I know your list is long, yeah. so let's let's kind of breeze through this uh, okay, I will. This this area. All you right. first. So, uh, you know, it just goes a, a week yeah, it's just, ago. yeah, we had to we had to curb Matt on his list making because yeah. it's only Friday to Friday. For those of you who don't know, I, lo- I, I watch a lot of movies. I have a Netflix account. Watch like, a lot of movies like in theaters. Brother, like brother, you know. And this this may even not be, you know, the total of the movies I watched. It's just your highlights. It's just yeah. uh, you know what I remember. Just your fave seven. So uh, last Friday, Michael Jackson's "This Is It." I haven't seen it on Netflix. I haven't seen it still. We yeah. own it on Blu-ray. It's great. Is it? It really is. If is you're a great? fan, it's fun. You know, it's not the best documentary. It's not the best concert film right. by any means. But they didn't mean to make. They didn't a and documentary. They di- on and it. they didn't really. I mean, they didn't. You know, focus on his death. Right. I mean, that was never. You know, a real plot point of the right. movie. It yeah. was just about him and his enthusiasm for the music, for the dance, for the show. Yeah. And it was for great. Him being the best entertainer, the best for the best entertainer, and entertainer, and you could see why he was. You know, even yes. even through all the troubles, all the surgeries, right? He still was, even to you know, his death his day. Dying he, day really, yeah. he really was one of the best. I need to see that. So yeah, it's great. Watch it. Next Saturday, last Saturday, risky business. First time I watched it, Tom yeah? Cruise. You know, interested in the career. Yeah, I've seen many of his movies without a doubt. Tom Cruise has gotten a bad rap lately. He has. After I watched Night and Day, which I actually enjoyed. You saw Night and Day? I did. I did. Ooh. I saw it. I actually liked it. It did wasn't you? it wasn't meant to be serious at all. I felt, you know, it was just meant to be kind of you know, cheesy, yeah. cheesy okay. action comedy. Okay. That's all it was. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. There you go. Last Sunday, nothing. Last Monday, <laughs> watch Cyrus. Yep, with, with me. With a co-host over here. With uh, and co-host the and the producer. And the producer. And the producer. And I actually, I think I, just going off uh, what we talked about, I think right I, about I enjoyed this one yeah, more you than you did. You did. I mean, I like the Duplass brothers. Uh, I think it's Mark and Jay Duplass. And uh, I like their other movie, The Puffy Chair. I thought it was very good, and I also like this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like this as much just because it was so, I mean, it was really well done awkwardness, mm-hmm. but I just... I don't gravitate towards awkward humor, like in its in its rawest sense, because there was so much great 
real awkwardness in this movie. There, real, there really was. That it made me feel awkward in that way, in yeah. that way uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I, that's just not my cup of tea in, as far as sitting through a, right. you know, sitting through a movie. Next point I was going to make is the acting in that movie was great. It was and really good. Do you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, I okay, definitely yeah. agree with that. All three actors, All three, John C. Riley, Marissa Tomei, Jonah Hill, great. So if John you, C. Riley impressed me. Yeah. Jonah Hill just kind of... He was good, though. He was good. But because I had seen Get Him to the Greek, it wasn't as surprising as it would have been if I hadn't seen that movie. Because yeah. I think, he, I think honestly, getting Get Him to the Greek was a step up as far as acting. Actually was, acting. Yeah, he was, he was great in that yeah. also. But anyway, sorry. Go on. All right. Uh, last Thursday. So that is... Uh, no, Tuesday. Tuesday, excuse me. I watched Casablanca. Ooh. First time ever. Ooh. Netflix. Yeah? On the computer. What do you think? Great movie. Yeah? Lives up to its... Not a, uh, yeah. Definitely lives up to its, uh, you know, legacy. Billing. Whatever yeah. you want to say. Yeah. You know, def- not a 10 for me. Right. But definitely a, a strong 9. You know, I really okay. enjoyed it. Wow. Humphrey Bogart, definitely one of the best actors ever. There you go. And uh, last Wednesday, I saw Grown Ups oh, in theaters. Yeah? Didn't like it. Really? Didn't I like haven't it heard at all. any good things about that. You know, I saw the rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It was like around a five, six percent. I've got to right agree with now. that. I've yeah. got to agree. I mean, it this really, bad. it was just disorganized comedy. The jokes really fell flat. They I mean, waste all that, all that talent. I mean, really, it looked like, honestly, Kevin James, Chris Rock should not have been in the movie. Really? You know, Adam Sandler, David Spade, that interplay... Yeah. Was was good. It was fine. Yeah. Even Rob Schneider, those three, yeah. they were good. But just the other two, not very good. Huh. Okay, and uh, so today, yeah. Friday, watch another one before the taping. What's that? Dirty Work. Ah, I love Dirty Work. Dirty Work. We may hear about this dirty later. Work. This okay. is a very, very oh, dumb comedy. Very dumb comedy. I didn't even think about this on my list. I think it was the first directorial debut, debut of... of Bob Saget. Was it? Ooh. I, I believe so. He. Wow. I believe that he quit America's Funniest Home Videos and directed, and directed this movie. This. Wow. I think, I think that's how it goes. So I watched that today. Even we'll if, see if wrong, it's on my man. list. Which it is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if it's on my list. There you go. But, yeah, this is, this awesome. is a great cult movie. It's dumb. It's stupid. Norm MacDonald. It is so good. It's it great, so though. funny, though. It's yeah. very funny. I love it. It's very funny. All, All right, you. Uh, what I watched, Cyrus, we already talked about that. I saw it with Matt. Uh, I also saw The Blind Side last night. It was, I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter, at Kevin Regan. Do it. Uh, you should. But this was much better than expected, because I had heard great things about Sandra Bullock, but I didn't hear that she was a shoe-in for the Oscar, and I had heard nothing really about this movie being that great. So I kind of went in with lowered expectations, with may have, which may have been yeah. the reason why I was, you know, surprised. Right. Pleasantly surprised. But it was a lot better than I expected. It was kind of a cliche telling of an amazing story. It was really, it, it, it is such an amazing story, but it was kind of a cliche telling of it. But I think that Sandra Bullock's character breaks that mold. Uh-huh. And is she is so good in this movie. And, and she is such a well-developed character. And she is such a well-portrayed character by Sandra Bullock. She was. This is easily Sandra Bullock's, in my opinion, best performance of her career. Um, better than Speed. Better. Th- oh, better than Speed. Yeah, it's hard to say. That's a good one. It's hard to say. She That's was good in Speed. One. But 
I think this is better than Speed because I bought her character. And yeah. then one of the things that kind of hit hit it on the head for me is at the end of the movie, there's kind of a montage like you would expect of the actual people in this movie because it was based on a true story. Uh-huh. And in the credits? Yeah, in the credits. Okay. There's, there's, a, there's a montage of the real people. And I looked at the woman that Sandra Bullock played and was like, oh, no, that, that's not her. No, that's Sandra Bullock. Like, I had an emotional... I honestly had an emotional attachment to Sandra Bullock because she was that good. Like, yeah. I think she deserved the Oscar. I initially thought that Carrie Mulligan um, in An Education yeah. should have won. Good movie. Without movie. seeing this movie, that I disagree with my own pick now uh-huh. because I think Sandra Bullock is yeah. definitely deserving. Uh, next is Party Down. I watched both season one and season two so in the last couple weeks. We're counting TV shows, are we? Well, I am because it's canceled now. Okay. And so I watched it. I think this is really a hilarious TV show. It's it's TV shows like this that I love watching because they're not out there to meet, you know. They're 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 out to tell the story that, you know, they were intended to make. They're not pandering to an audience. It was it's basically the story of out of work actors who are in a catering company, you know, getting by but also trying to, you know, network in and getting along with each other. And all the actors really are so good. And apparently, the reason why it was canceled is because... Well, not the reason why it was canceled, but if, if they didn't cancel it, um, I know that a couple of the characters wouldn't have been back. Yeah, so, I think you're right. So it was actually, I mean, good I think it was view- it, viewership, too. I mean, it was on... It's the, on Stars though. It was on the stars, stars Network. You have to pay for that. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. So, but I thought, I thought it was great. Major Network. I thought it was great. The, the last movie I saw was today was The Human Centipede. I don't know if any of you have heard about this. Nope. It's one of those torture porn movies, really low budget. Uh, it's been getting a lot of underground hype, which is the only reason why I watch it. I blame the film, uh, the film Vault, which is Anderson from uh, the you know from Loveline. Anderson, the okay. producer. Yeah, he and one of his other I don't know if it's his buddies, but it's on like Adam Carolla's podcast network. They do the Film Vault. And I listen to that, and they, like, Anderson loves really just gory, terrible, awful movies that are, like, not awful, but, like, just just reprehensible, like, subject matter. Like this, which The Human Centipede is, um, spoiler alert if you're going to watch this, but it's basically a movie where, kind of like Hostel, yeah. uh, these people find their way into a situation where they're captured by this person who then turns them into a human centipede. And by human centipede, I mean stitches faces to butts. Oh. And so he, he basically carves the uh, carves the tendon out of your knee so that you can't move your knee and can't support yourself, can't walk. Sci-Fi Channel? Uh, it was actually online. Okay. I, it, it will be on the Sci-Fi Channel, though. Surely will. Um, but he, he basically cuts the tendon in your knee so you can't walk, can't support your weight on your leg, you can support your weight on your knee. So you're having to walk everywhere, like on your hands and knees, like a dog. And then he takes, there. basically it's a, it's a three-person train. It's a dude in the front, basically takes his ass, cuts a bunch of his ass skin, opens it up, cuts the girl's face skin, and stitches them together so that her face is stitched to his ass, and then stitches another girl's ass to, the, to that girl's, or stitches another girl's face to that girl's ass. 
And it's that. That's the movie. That's a horrible movie. It makes me want to barf, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, it makes me want to condemn all... It makes me want torture porn to just go away. Because I don't get any satisfaction of that. I don't understand how anyone gets any satisfaction out of that. It's hilarious if you tell it as a story verbally. But it's horrible if you watch it. God, it is so bad. And Well, the acting is terrible. It's everything a low-budget horror movie is. Except it's just a really putrid idea. Like, yeah. it's such a... Oh, I honestly wanted to throw up during this movie. That's that's it. Okay. So, we're going to uh, we're gonna take a break. We're going to go on our top five. Hold on, hold on. Before we do... Yeah. We got the... Uh, hey, guys. Oh, big golf, son. All right. Well, see you later. Matt is on his next beer. We got the big gulps. That's right. We got the big gulps, baby. All right. So uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to go to our top five, like I just said. And uh, we'll be back to meet you on the other side. I just had a, uh, a producer's note that I need to uh, make light of. Uh, if, if you all remember from last episode, Franklin's number four uh, franchise killer is Titanic. You know what's been on all day today? On TNT or TBS or one of those? Titanic. And you know who's watching it right now? Our producer. Franklin, I just want you to let you know that Titanic is alive and well with our producer. It's on TV. And uh, that's all we have to say about that. I just wanted to make a producer's note. So we are going to get on to our top five. I'm going to turn my piece of paper over right now. Let's we're do gonna it. Get to our top five. Hey, All right. This, this guy's got notes over here, dude. Everyone knows I come prepared. All I've got is titles. I come people. prepared. All right. So he's going to he's going to be off the cuff in it. All right. Your number five. My number five has been mentioned already. It's dirty work. Awesome. Directed by that is Bob a great Saget. dumb comedy. A great dumb Wait, comedy. I feel like I should preface this okay. by saying that. I didn't include some titles that I otherwise probably okay. would have. I mean, you're not going to find Airplane. You're not going to find the Mel Brooks films. Okay. You're not going to find the Monty Python films. Ooh. You're not going to find This is Spinal Tap. You're not going to find Ooh. the Christopher Guest films, you know, Ooh. the best in shows. You're not going to find those on here. Let's just say I did not eliminate is, those. This is favorite right. dumb comedies. Right. Favorite dumb comedies. Top five favorite dumb comedies. I did not eliminate those. Let's just have that uh, as a as a preface. I definitely I definitely okay. understand that, but this is I mean, I just want to make that you know. Okay, so going into your top that. five, you're not going to get the cliche movies. You're that not going to get on them. my list exactly, <laughs> okay. but you will still still hear some. <laughs> right. So Dirty Work, yes, Dirty Work is a great. I didn't even my number five. Think about that. Norm Macdonald, Artie Lang, great pick, directed by Bob Saget. Just great watched it today, pick. as you heard, if yeah. you have been listening, which, which I don't, I don't think better. you have. Yeah. I don't think you have. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't been listening, it's a very odd place for you to be coming into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, Dirty Work right now, I think it's considered still a bad, bad movie. Yeah, I don't think anyone really thinks critics, it's a good movie. Critics yeah. do not like this yep. movie, but it has definitely gained a cult following with uh, Artie Lang's, um, you know, his... Artie Lang's uh, whole uh, social life yeah, drop-off. Yeah, on... Um, 
on the Howard, Howard Stern, Stern show. show. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely picked up a following that way. That guy's And a I mess. feel like Norm MacDonald, one of the most underrated comedians. Very. But he, I don't know what ever. he's doing. He's like, not doing anything. He's weird on the roast, though. He is. He just comes off weird. He, he doesn't is, come off funny. Even though it's, he's funny. He, he was one of the, the two writers that wrote this movie. No, he's very funny. It's just, I think something yeah. must have happened to Norm MacDonald to where he just is done. Yeah. He just doesn't want to and do I just And I just want to conclude here that, I mean, the jokes are forced in this movie. Yeah. But I still, I love them, you know? I yep. know that they're forced. This movie is one of the most... I agree, 100%. Una- una- apologetically bad movies yeah. you know ever made and i think they understand that and that's yeah why it's good norm mcdonald plays the same character he played on saturday night live which is a guy who you think can't act but i think he's just acting very deliberate like it's a very deliberate exactly. delivery exactly where he's like you know it's it's hookers <laughs> and the whole the whole thing the is hookers that it's in the trunk <laughs> it's funny because it's so deliberate it is. I think that's his. Yeah, I think I think that's, that's what his, uh, that's his whole uh, deal. I think so too. I'm going to give you uh, I one of these. Thought about that. It's a good point. It's a good point, Matt. All right, my number five. My number five is uh, a tie. Okay. It's a tie with, okay. and this, like I've said before, my number five spot is a, a spot for the obscure, a spot for the random, a spot for hey, I want to throw this in there. A tie between modern times and the general. Wow, you're really going to bust out the. I am. 30s I'm going to bust out the 30s. Pictures. The 30s silent films. Uh, Modern Times, a Charlie Chaplin movie about his, you know, his little tramp character trying to get, uh, trying to trying to live in a newly industrialized world, and the General being a Buster Keaton movie where he basically is trying to get his train back after Union spies have stolen it. I saw these movies originally in. I know this is very, uh, you know, I don't know. This is very, very kind of uh, uppity of me to do this, but I saw them first in film class in college. That's fine. I saw them in film class. That's fine. <laughs> Which you and I have both taken. Um, so I saw them in film class, but I really, I really appreciated them. And yeah. it wasn't because of film class, it was because, like, they weren't built up. In the class to be anything better than they were, but I really think that these two actors, especially, are monumental in the the path that movies have taken. And you know, back then when it was basically black and white, it was basically—I mean, essentially—they were slapstick comedians. What they had to do, there was no such thing as writing, as far as you know, there were no one-liners. There were no jokes that you could just say to, you know, to improve a scene. Regardless of who delivers it, it's going to be a funny joke. Um, they had to, you know, combine the story, combine the the actual, you know, acting. They had to combine those, but somehow weave the, com- you know, the comedy into it without necessarily all of it being slapstick. And I think they, I think they did this very well in both. I, I think they both hold up. I think both are very funny, and I think you should definitely go out and watch both. However, you probably should watch The General first because it's on Netflix instant. Uh, watch instantly right now. It is. It's on Netflix. And, so you and should. If, I, if I may say so, Buster Keaton is definitely, you know, in historical. Oh, yeah. You know, they're both teachings. He's definitely second to Charlie Chaplin. True. 
but they're terms both. Of, but they're, they're both, both great. So good. Yeah, they're, they're both, both so good. Very important to um, film history. So go watch the general on Netflix. Watch instantly, and then whenever Modern Times comes out, or I don't know, I didn't look at the Gold Rush. If the Gold Rush is out, that's another good Chaplin movie. Watch that if it's on instantly. Um, they're they're a little too short, I think. Unless you have like the unlimited DVDs at a time, which uh, you should. Which you should. There, I only have the one at a time, and then watch instantly. But if you have like two at a time or unlimited at a time, maybe get those delivered to your house. If not, they're a little short to uh, to hog up a whole DVD spot. But I think they're very good. My number four. Uh, I switched this around. I originally had my three as my number four, and my four is my number three. I gotta say, this is this is a tough list. My number four, it, oh, it it's really definitely is. tough. Because, I mean, I didn't even think of those. My number four is, and and the reason, I think these are dumb comedies only because they were limited to such. I mean, I didn't even think they, they were. They were limited to slapstick. Yeah, they were great. I mean, they really but were. But aren't they, I mean. You, they you, are dumb. A, Slap, two, a four-year-old could watch it and laugh. Slapstick right? is dumb. A four-year-old so. could watch these movies yeah. and laugh. But yeah, they wouldn't. they wouldn't get all the humor because, like, especially in modern times, they wouldn't get the interaction between, you know, the little the little tramp and his lady friend yeah. it wouldn't get that humor in right. that but they'd get like the oh he fell down that's right. funny yeah. so i think that's what it, you know made it a dumb comedy for me uh my number four is monty python and the holy grail the one matt just said he wasn't going to include <laughs> um, which i just didn't feel like that's I, hey that's fine i mean i love those movies they're great yeah it's just that i don't know i feel like they're a little more, too obvious they're just, no they're just they're obvious they're great they're you know, satires. Yeah. They're examples for a genre. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I guess that's why I didn't even think about taking them off my list. I struggled putting them where on my list, which yeah. maybe if I would have taken them off, it would have been easier. But um, I think Monty Python and the Holy Grail is probably the most intelligent dumb comedy on my list. Actually, it's easily the most intelligent dumb comedy on my list. Definitely. Uh, it's also arguably the, quote, best mm-hmm. dumb comedy on my list. Um, I don't think there needs to be much said about it because everyone kind of knows and everyone's kind of seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail and the whole Monty Python movies. Um, I think that it's, it's British silly humor at its best. No one did it as good and I don't think anyone has done it even close to as good as Monty Python, even in the U.S. We've had to, we've kind of had to resort to different types of comedy because Monty Python did it so well. Exactly. That's yeah. my number four. I agree. I agree. You're number four. My number four, my list, you know, definitely taking a more modern approach. Yeah. You know, I excluded all those films that Kevin... Yeah. They would have been... They're too the obvious list. for your list. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. No harm, no foul. Number four may come as a surprise. It's Rat Race. Dude, I love that Rat movie. Race. I early, love Rat Early Race. thousands. Yep. I believe. Yeah, I know. Very, very large cast. Dynamite cast. Mr. Bean. Huge cast. Seth Green. Cuba. Cuba. Whoopi. Whoopi. Oh, yeah. How many other people? I think John John Cleese Cleese. is in it. John Cleese of Money Python. The devil himself. Yeah. There you go. So good. It's just a very, very stupid, dumb comedy that just really makes me laugh every time I watch it. And uh, I really just enjoy it just for whatever reason. It's a very good pick. Um, before you go on. Hey guys! Oh, big golf, son. Alright. Well, see you later. <laughs> hey, right. big golf. So, Rat Race, uh, we watched this a number of times together. We have, yeah. Love it. 
Yeah. Love it. So underrated just because I think it was it was so pandering towards just being silly. Another point. I think this this is really just like a commonality in my list. Yeah. SNL SNL members. Yeah, members. Cast members. I feel like who is this who is this? Every one? every one of my movies that I've picked I don't want this to be a spoiler, but yeah. every one of my movies that I've picked has been a part of SNL. Includes an SNL. And in, in Rat Race yeah. includes John Lovitz. That's true. One of as a very big character. One actually. of I think the funniest yes. SNL members that doesn't get enough credit. Just like very Mel underrated. Yeah, he's very funny. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I especially like him in this movie because of the interaction with his family, who that. That, the, the woman who plays his wife, yes, who I she's in Hocus Pocus, yeah, another yeah. she's awesome the fat one in Hocus movie. Pocus. Who I, I will never know her name, but yeah. she is really she is a great actress to where she can play off him and and he has just free reign to do whatever he he does. John Lovitz, yeah. basically, he plays himself, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, so you know SNL is not a bad, I know that's, not a bad troop. I to, think that's that's really where it. my that's really where my list was kind of resonating was yeah. with the uh, SNL. SNL cast characters. So I guess that not a bad uh, I mean, place to be. I I wanted to put Young Frankenstein, especially when it's when it's older than yeah. you know Jimmy Fallon. I wanted to put Young Frankenstein on there. So did I. Mel Brooks loved so that movie. Nineteen seventy four. I, I believe it's just. It's a great movie. It's so good. Maybe maybe his best, other than Blazing Saddles. You know, it's a great movie. Watch it. It's very, very good. So what's your number three, then? Uh, my number three... Wait, you gotta go with your number three. Is that how we do it? Yeah. Because we, we kind of snake it. No. You do five, I do five, four, four, three... Not three, a custom. Two. Not a custom of this. Well, there you go. So you're number three. Alright, my number three popular pick. A lot of people like this movie, I know, that are our age, okay. at least. Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. a dumb comedy I'll classic. I'll just say it's on my honorable mention list, so it's, I don't have to mention it later. It's uh, arguably Adam Sandler's best movie. Funniest. Funniest. Easily. You know, I Easily mean, it's there. Funniest, his, his funniest with uh, Billy Madison right alongside it. I think his Happy best, Gilmore's funniest. His best right alongside Punch Drunk Love, you know, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Which PTA, is great. It's great. PTA. We've got to have the We do have to have PTA a PTA episode. Uh, episode. Yeah. Because we both, you know, love You that. need to come back and guest host some Ryan's here. Boogie PTA Nights. Episode. Boogie Nights. It's okay. going to be on. Let's do it. My favorite movie it's ever. settled. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Favorite Keep movie. going. Keep going. Yeah. Happy Gilmore, though. I just love it. You know, Christopher McDonald as Shooter McGavin, the villain. He's so He good. was also in Dirty Work. You yes, know, he was. He's, he's a great comedic the villain. Chihuahua. He's really a great comedic villain. He is. He's so good. And he's a great actor that I think really doesn't get enough. He's a little typecast, but he does he it to himself. He is typecast. He's, 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 a, it to he's either a father or a villain, but he's or great. Both. He's but great. He's, yeah, he's so good at who he is. Um, one thing I was going to say, because Happy Gilmore is on my honorable mention list, one thing I want to add is that Happy Gilmore is one of the few movies that when I flip by it on TV, I will yeah. stop and watch it. Yeah, because every just, single time it's, it's an easy movie. Every to watch. single time, it's so easy. easy to watch, and it's so funny. Every like, there's no point where you you flip it on TV and you're like, "Oh, this is the boring part." Yeah, like let me just okay, I'll come back in like a half hour. It's always good. It and is. I, yeah, I good pick, great pick, great pick. Um, my number three is Anchorman. I think that this is such a funny movie. It's so quotable. And it's ridiculously easy to watch over and over and over and over. 
Um, not only is Will Ferrell really funny in this, but I think that it's a it's kind of a tribute to not only the writing, but also the way the movie was made. That the other three guys, part of the Action News team, Action Five News team, or yeah. whatever they are, I think it's a it, it's it's very hard. To make a movie where you have four characters that are all hilarious in their own right. And yeah. this movie does it. This movie, Will Ferrell is the lead, yes. But he is not the one that steals the show. He is not the one that carries the movie. Because they're supporting characters, whether it be Paul Rudd, whether it be the dude that plays... Uh, uh, even, what's his name? Even Christina Applegate as the... Christina... She's okay. Either. She kind of always. She's pretty it. funny though. She's pretty. No, she is pretty funny. She definitely carries it. She is. Yeah. That's, she she holds her own. That's true. Um, but it's it's. I think the cameos are also really funny. Yeah. And yeah. this movie just just in general is one of the most quotable movies on my list. It's one of the funniest movies. I probably won't ever get tired of watching this movie. It's kind of timeless because it was set in that era, but not made in that era. It's one yeah. of those movies that's kind of timeless. It's capturing that. Um, and it's easily, in my opinion, the funniest frat pack movie is. that they ever made. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so my number two now, which I hope is on your list. Uh, my number two is Austin Powers. That it is. That it is. Um, you and I both kind of grew up on these movies and we also grew up on the Bond movies. Yeah, and so it was kind of fitting that we we saw Bond, and yeah. then we also saw the satire, definitely, which I think made me appreciate the satire more. But I think that these movies really stand on their own very well. They do without if you didn't even know about the Bond yeah. series, they're not just like mockeries of Bond. Like they don't they don't make you know Bond to know this. They're very well done in their own right. Um, one thing I remember about you and I is that we sat at Dad's kitchen table and just recited lines, like just went back and forth. We really did. We just like just just until the lines were gone yeah. of the movie. We we just there might not the have lines. been yeah there might not have been lines left in the movie because we knew it so well. And we, that was one of the things that I remember about Austin Powers is that it was something that we both loved so much. Dad loved it, which and and. Dad's not necessarily an easy moviegoer to please he on the comedy. He doesn't like the standard. dumb comedy. Exactly. And this was one that he really liked. And he loved this movie. Yeah. We can still say that. Yeah. And so I think, honestly, um, you know, like I was saying about this this being, it's, it's a Bond satire. It doesn't need Bond to be funny, though. And that's that's in large part due to Mike Myers' comedy. And I was a huge fan Still am a huge fan, but I didn't like Love Guru. Love Guru was bad. Yeah. Wasn't that great? But I still love Mike Myers' humor. Yeah. Like, that's that's what carried those movies for me, regardless of if they were Bond satires or not. That That's what it was funny. I love the characters, and I just absolutely love these movies. So does this encapsulate one, two, three? Or for me, just one? For me, it encapsulates... One, two. Probably one, two. Okay. Three was a little drop-off. Good. It was. It definitely right. was. Uh, but you're number two. Okay. My number two, uh, again, if you've heard my list, not a surprise, it's uh, Tommy Boy. Mm. Chris Farley, David Spade. Great pick. I really, uh, I just, every time I watch this movie, I love the interplay between those two actors. Who doesn't? I mean, they're very funny. They're so good together. They were on SNL together. Hilarious. I mean, in, in the movies, uh, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep. 
Very funny also. So, yeah. It's that was just, after this one, right? That was like almost a sequel to this. To what? To Tommy Boy. Black Sheep. Yeah. It was almost Tom, like a sequel. I think uh, Black Sheep was... It was like, hey, that was really was good, you guys. Let's yeah. kind of do something else. And it's really... I mean, neither of those actors have ever hit a high like they did then. I mean, they really were on, well, at their peak. Chris Farley kind of... Yeah, Chris Farley can't. Kinda. Hey, Chris Farley again, though. In Dirty Work. That's true. No, he was. That's Uncredited. Poor. Uncredited. Bit his nose off. He was in that. He was in that, and That's he was right. great. He was. He got his nose bit off by a Saigon whore. Yeah. So Tommy, Tommy Boy. I mean, it's a very enjoyable comedy. It's very good. Not the best comedy, you know. I'll admit, but definitely. But still, a great dumb comedy. It's Chris. Chris Farley was one of the. I. As as you can probably say about many people who did, but I think Chris Farley was taken so too soon that I think Chris Farley could have really because in my opinion Chris Farley was this generation Steve Martin where he was really really funny and every single person of this generation thought he was funny just like they did with Steve Martin and Steve Martin came through SNL yeah he came through SNL yeah and I think that what he would have done was he would have done these kind of movies and then where Steve Martin kind of decided eh, I'm gonna do shit Pink and I'm going to do Cheaper by the Dozen and Pink Panther. Pink Panther 2. Chris Farley would have been in, you know, movies that that basically, like the Frat Pack movies, he would have been there. Yeah. He would have added so much to those movies. Um, it's too bad that we only got so few movies out of him. But he was really good in what he was. He was great. In what he was in. And I think that uh, Tommy Boy is a great pick. It is. Yeah. Is that my number one? No, no? that's you. Well, yeah, you're number one now. Okay, my number one, no surprise here. Uh, Kevin's already talked about it. It's uh, Austin Powers, one I'm and happy two. Put that in number one. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, and Austin Powers, the, the spy, spy who, who shagged me. No surprise. That's, a, that's that's English for fucked people. No surprise that's here. For fucked. These are uh, two very very funny, just great movies. Oh yeah, just fun to watch. You know. Really, I never get tired of watching these movies. No one does. I mean, I I remember this. In theaters, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. It's, you know, the most I've ever laughed in a theater. Yeah. Just the introduction oh, there. They with, were with, uh, so good. With uh, Dr. Evil on uh, the Jerry Springer show. It's the oh hardest, my God. It's that, the hardest I've ever degree. laughed. Me too. Me too. 100% hardest I've ever laughed in a theater. I mean, that was the first time I ever saw that scene. Saw that movie, I just, you know, I was just a riot. I just oh, yeah. loved it. It was That was great. an incredible opening scene. I mean, it was, I mean, you can't say it was completely original. They were on yeah. the Jerry Springer show, but it was just. True. But you had, I mean, you, and you had to see the first one. Yeah. To kind of know who these the guys were. Yeah. But, oh my God. I, I haven't, I didn't even think about that when I put it on my list. It was just a, it was just a really great, just introduction back God, into the movie, you know, so just from the first one. It was just the, a great the, intro. The bleeps. Yeah. And the, the, the subject matter. God, yeah. it was so good. It was yeah. great. That was really good. Well, well done. Good point. All right. Hey, wait, before you go, before you go here. Yeah. On your number one, I've got to give some, uh. Honorable mentions. Wait, wait, we do that after my number okay, one. Okay, after? We do honorable mentions. Okay, yeah, we do all honorable right, mentions. All right. uh, my number one, as Matt said, would not be included on his list. My number one, which would have been Dumb and Dumber, mind you. Keep in mind that that would have been both of our number ones, so kick number five off our lists, and our number one would have been Dumb and Dumber. But my number one is this. 
is Spinal Tap. I This is one of the funniest movies, period. One of the funniest movies ever made. It is. Um it's it's a first of all, it's a perfect mockumentary. <laughs> where it, I'm not sure if it's the first mockumentary, but it is the perfect mockumentary that probably all others are judged upon. It's like, oh, you made a funny mockumentary? Uh, yeah, I saw this in Spinal Tap. That was good. Um, it's it's It basically is about these uh, oblivious, fictional British band members that are on a, are on a quote-unquote comeback tour of the U.S. Um, it's complete with a mini Stonehenge, uh, songs like Smell the Glove, Sex Farm, and Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight. <laughs> and, of course... Amps that go up to eleven, because why don't you just make it? Why don't you just make ten louder and then go up to ten? Uh, these go to eleven. <laughs> Even the titles of the songs so great are funny, so hilarious. That's great writing. Um, this crew, who also made one of my other favorite, which which was close on this list, but I kind of lumped it in this one. Best in Show. Yeah, love that movie. So funny. Um, you know, they're so good together. They interact so well together, whether it's, it's scripted or not. They, I think they improvise really well together because you kind of see them cracking up yeah. at each other's jokes. It's the trio. Meaning that was, yeah, it's Christopher Guest. It's Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, and yeah. then Harry Shearer. That's right, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's that Those trio. Three, it is. That really just holds And they're, it they're so talented in their own right that when they come together, and they're actually, I think most of them are actually classically trained as actors. Yeah, they probably so they, are. I mean, maybe... I, I know that Christo, uh, not Christopher Guest, but the other guy, uh, Michael the blonde-haired guy, Michael McKean, he's actually an act, you know, like a trained actor. And very smart on Jeopardy. He is very smart on if Jeopardy. If I may add. If you... Which you may. Harry Shearer also. Yeah. Harry Shearer is also good. They're all three hilarious in their own right. Even funnier when they come together, which is hard to do because sometimes you get three comedic minds and they don't mesh well. These guys are so funny. Um, I I laugh just thinking about this movie, how well done it is, how yeah. funny it is. That's my number one. That's this a, is Spinal Tap. That's a great pick because it really is, you know, a true man's, you know, smart man's dumb comedy. It is. I think, oh, that's exactly what I think too. It's, it's, it's definitely s- smart people wrote... This dumb comedy. Yeah, it really is. The same with, I mean, it's not as intelligent as Monty Python necessarily, but I think it's better. Yeah. So, you know, trade-off. Yeah. Um, But let's go over honorable mentions. You got some. Okay, yeah. These are just uh, lists, you know, obviously. Yeah. Weren't on my list, but they were very close. Anchorman. Yeah. Which is on Kevin's list. Mm Mm-hmm. This is obscure. May not, you know, resonate with everyone. Okay. Bowfinger. (laughs) Steve yeah, Martin, that is. Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, <laughs> very stupid, very that very stupid obscure. movie. It is very stupid, but I enjoyed it. Keep it together. Yeah, keep, keep, keep I think it's keep, funny. Keep it together. Kit Ramsey was it? Kit, yeah, something like that. All right, and then we got the Fairley Brothers' second movie, very underrated, very good, Kingpin. Yeah, King Kingpin. I didn't love it. I didn't it consider it almost, a dumb movie, though. It is. That's what I is. It, it sort of is. Yeah. Right. I mean. Yeah. No, it sort of is. I mean, I love I Woody Harrelson. Consider, yeah, Woody Harrelson. And then Bill Murray. This has got to be one of his best roles, like ever. 
I mean, he is just yeah. great. No, you're right. In this role. You're right. Good, good pick. Okay, and then we got uh, we got old school, and then we got Zoolander. You know, obvious picks. I mean, and, picks. Th- and then again, these don't include you know the uh, airplanes, the right. Mel Bro- the Mel Brooks movies, Naturally. the Monty Python movies. Right. I just I felt like I just I couldn't include those. Yeah. Might be my age. Might no, be no, that that works. Whatever reason, that you know, I, I love those movies, but they're just they're just not on the list. All right, I have a I have an actual number six that I would put as my number six. It was hard to bump it off with uh, Modern Times and the General had to do it. Hot Rod. Woo! I love Hot Rod. To me, this is the dumbest comedy that would have made my list. Probably the dumbest comedy that I own. Just about. Um, Unlike Dumb and Dumber, I have no problem if people don't like this movie, <laughs> but the humor is just so funny that when you get over kind of the silly premise, just like Dumb and Dumber, when you get over the actual like technical story that it has, um, you can enjoy it moment to moment, and that's that's my opinion of Hot Rod. Uh, my next one, and this is also where Ryan comes in, uh, Harold and Kumar. You have heard Ryan mention Harold and Kumar um, before on a list of... Best comeback performances, NPH. Uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Easily one of the funniest dumb comedies made in the last five years. Um, I also have a few that Ryan wanted to add. Ryan kind of phoned in from Chicago. Uh, he wants to add, and, the, and and we went over our list together, or I went over my list with him, and then he kind of pointed out the ones that he would have added on top of my list. He says Out Cold, which I must say... Matt loved, and I love, it's, it's, it's a great, a great comedy. It's a great dumb comedy. It is, it is so funny. It's just under, I think it's really underrated. Uh, Ryan's, Ryan's pick on Out Cold. Out Cold? Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome, right? Good pick, Ryan. Yeah. Um, the next one is Mrs. Doubtfire. Ooh. I don't know if we call this a uh, dumb comedy, that but was, that was Ryan's pick. This is well, this is what Ryan added on to when I already explained what yeah. I was going over. I don't think that cuts the list. Mrs. Doubtfire. He wanted me to specifically mention that uh, there's a line in there where Mrs. Doubtfire throws a lime at Pierce 007 Brosnan's Brosnan. head, and she says it was a drive-by fruiting. And he thought that was hilarious. That's a very dumb line, <laughs> but the movie itself the is way, not a dumb comedy. But yeah, Come on, Ryan. So, hey, Ryan, you might have to defend yourself when you get out here. Do All it. right. So those are our honorable mentions. That's our top five. Agree or disagree, we have three ways of contacting us. Twitter, at Critical Drinking. No G on the end because uh, 15 characters is apparently the limit. Facebook.com slash Critical Drinking. Please just go on either discussion boards, post on the wall, anything. Comment, anything like that. Become a fan. Um, lastly, Critical Drinking Podcast at gmail.com. Email us. We will respond and or read it on the, on the air. Also, you can call and leave a voicemail at uh, 509-43-DRINK. That is our voicemail box. Um, but right now it is time for... Shoutouts and breathalyzer. So I'm gonna let you go first with your shoutouts. Shoutouts. I don't have much, but I will give a fun fact. Okay. About the movie we watched. So your All shoutout right. is facts. This is for the fun fact. This is for the hardcore fans, and I'm about eighty percent sure about this right now. Okay. All right. Okay. Fun fact: the car that Lloyd crashes into with his limo at the airport is a Pontiac Grand Prix. <laughs> did you know that? I did not know that. There you go. Fun fact. Did you know? And I'm about 
35% sure about this. Okay. That the airbag that is deployed yeah. in the limo yeah. is a BOSU ball. And it's not actually an airbag. They just deflate a BOSU ball. I don't even know what that is. A BOSU ball is one of those little gym balls. Yeah. Like the big gym ball okay. that they have. Okay. Like that mom has. And, yeah. You know. yeah. Right, right, right. All right. So here's my uh, breathy. Breathalyzer. Do it. It's 0.16. Might be because I just took a sip. 0.17 now, actually. Just went up. So, uh, uh, so now my shout-out is... I was 0.17, by the way, folks. When it beeps. When it beeps, you blow. My shout-out is... Let me get my shout-out list here. Shout-out is... First shout-out. I heard you guys actually talking about it out here. Wipeout on ABC. It is a hilarious show. Uh, if you're ever in a bad mood or just feeling like you want to laugh at idiots and uh, and uh, yeah and dumb people, uh, you should really watch this show uh, because Wipeout is hilarious. It's just people falling really awkwardly and really hilariously. Um, next is I give a shout out to shows like Party Down not being canceled. Um, I think that Party Down was a great show. It was. One of those shows that you you really can't necessarily build on, but it's it's like The Office, the British Office, in my opinion. Wait till it beeps. It's it's the British Office where it goes for two episodes and then it gets canceled, and then or two seasons and then it gets canceled. And what they should do is they should come back for like an hour long special. So here's Matt. I think that hour-long special would be hilarious. I think two seasons plus an hour-long special would be great. Until it beeps. Oh! Underwrote it. 0.15. You try. Hey, you tried hard. You're almost double the legal limit. Almost. I drank. You tried. You drank actually more than me, so maybe you are better holding your liquor than I am. That could be. Uh, but yeah, so that's our podcast. Uh, it's been fun. It's been real fun. Yeah, we're gonna have to do this again. We I mean, are definitely. When uh, Ryan made sure to tell me to tell you, yeah, that when he gets back, you're gonna have to come back. Okay, yeah, it can't just be me and you alone. Yeah. It's not fair to him. I know. All so. right, so uh, listeners, I think we can guarantee this promise uh, by the summer's end. Is that correct? I, I think this we is will promise. we will do uh, boogie nights. We will do boogie nights. Def- Matt will co-host. Definitely one of my favorite films, you know, ever. Love it. I just really respect it. It's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. So we'll do that. Um, I guess for Ryan Maley, I'm Kevin Regan. That over there? Matt Regan. That's Matt Regan. And uh, we will see you guys next episode. Why